Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Katie. My daughter Caroline and I have interesting conversations about everything under the sun. We want to share that with you from different perspectives, ages, and life experiences. We can't wait to get started, so let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Coffee Talks. I am Katie Katzman here with my daughter Caroline. Hi. And we are here on this beautiful new year, 2023. We are excited to be here. That's funny. When you said new year, I just automatically thought 2022, <laughs> but we're in 2023. 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, USC has just lost in the bowl game, but we are moving forward. It's crazy. They were up by like 15 points and mm-hmm. they just gave it away. Yeah. I don't really follow football though. So okay. Well, it was it was a it was a good game, but it was a good uh, game. rough. Last last eight seconds. Uh lost to Tulane. But anyway, it's part of life, right? We got to move forward. Mm-hmm. So today our topic is um pretty excited about this. Why we are not going to set resolutions. No resolutions this year, no ma'am. Mm-mm, no ma'am. And we have, I think in our family, we've always been very goal-driven. So this is a great topic for us. We have achieved a lot in our family, uh, individually and collectively. So uh, we have some experience there. We've also, you know, owning a a fitness business, we had had, um, coached uh, people in setting goals, you know, all the time, constantly. So um, setting, we saw, we saw January's come and go and we saw resolutions, uh, people set and some made it and some didn't, but we're going to talk to you about why we're not going to set resolutions, uh, this year. So we thought we'd start off with what some of our experiences have been in the past with setting resolutions. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk to you more about some ideas that we do follow. So when, uh, Carolyn, when, when, um, did you have a resolution that you want to talk about you remember I guess really I haven't I've never been a big fan of resolutions I've made them in the past but they always seem way too big way too broad and it's it's kind of scary so I would always not like give up but like my drive to keep pushing for this big resolution would just kind of fade away so really like my I would always have to set certain goals for every swim season and it was always like some crazy fast time for a certain event or i wanted to go to i wanted to go to like the junior national meets and stuff like that and um it just never worked out um because it first of all it was just stressful like you had to like throughout these really fast times that you yourself didn't even believe you could and it wasn't like we had training programs that where we were like changing up our uh the way we trained and stuff like that it was just like oh i'm going to achieve this time and there wasn't even like a way that we were going to do it we just had to throw out times and um it just like it never worked ever or um mm. and like we we were we were like told to achieve these big times and not really know how to or nothing would really change um, in our training or in our program. Um, and then it was like, it was just a big disappointment every time when we wouldn't reach those goals. And if anything, I just became more and more frustrated with my sport. I think that might've even contributed to like my, uh, gradual 
um, like dislike of the sport, honestly, was never achieving my goals. Hmm. And um, um, yeah, I would never change anything about my training or my eating or my sleeping. I would just do the same thing over and over, which is insanity, basically. Um, and but I never quite like recognized that until after I quit the sport. I'm just now coming to that realization in this podcast. So that's so interesting because a lot of things we're going to talk about are going to nail some of those um, gaps that you had that you just mentioned. So that's that's really cool. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday and um, you said, I just think that people set these resolutions and so often they then they don't know how to get there, especially in fitness. Like they don't know, they set, I want to lose 30 pounds, but they don't, they really don't know what to do. They haven't built the habits for exercise or change their diet, nutrition. Or they want it fast. They want it within a month or two. Mm-hmm. And realistically, like losing 30 pounds, that's going to take consistency and yeah you can shed that but you might if you don't know the right the right patterns you're you're going to gain it back like so fast and the same thing with like sports well it could be anything mm-hmm. you know anything that you know, if you don't create if you don't create the little habits that you need that are that you're going to that you're going to sustain um and make those little shifts you know but i think there's a lot more to um goal setting that we know now, maybe in the past, just setting a, you know, throwing out a resolution and hoping you're going to get there. Um, so one thing I've been doing over the past few years, I mean, I can't say I'm said I have set resolutions for many, many years. I don't even remember the last time I did, mm-hmm. but I will say one thing I do every year is, um, I have done like, what do I, what do I want my life like to be? Um, and usually, though, it, it it might be more like in three years and five years and 10 years. And I either write it, I'd usually write it out, I draw it out. Um, I used to have journals or planners where I would actually draw pictures, um, imagery of what I just wanted my life to be like. I didn't set a time limit on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I remember, and, and I'm completely honest, I have all these still, I look back and pretty much I have everything I've drawn in those pictures, every single thing. You know, I remember... Um, you know, drawing the house that I wanted to have. I'm a, and you know, and, and you guys being inside it and having fun, or you guys being outside. And I was looking at a mountain. Um, I remember um drawing pictures of just certain things I wanted to have happen, certain a job I wanted to get. And um then I'd also make lists of and I'd make make lists of when these things are gonna happen, you know. And I think that when I did that and just more like thought about what do I really, really want my life to look like? like what do I want it to look like? And I'd draw it or I would write it out. And then I kind of let it go, but I don't, I didn't completely forget about it. I would each month do something small to kind of, you know, get there. But um, that's was my experience. Now I can't say everything happened and some things definitely haven't happened. And that's where I realized I wasn't doing probably the right type of habit building that I think I could now. Um, And so definitely some things didn't happen, like maybe the salary that I wanted didn't come in, or I wanted to, you know, maybe, um, yeah, make a certain amount of money. Um, I remember I wanted, 
to sell the business at one point for a certain amount of money and uh, by a certain date. And those things didn't happen. So I think there was de there's definitely some some room for some learning there. Um, but that's some of our, you know, some of our experiences. So one of the things that uh, I heard several years ago by one of my um, teachers was that, and it shocked me, it was that goals are limiting. Having a goal is, having a goal is just a limit. If you say, I want to be able to, you know, run, uh, say, a mile in seven minutes, and that's my goal, that's actually a limit. And that the better thing to, to say would be, I want to become a, you know, a world-class runner, or I want to become a competitive runner that will compete in this, or, you know, competitive runner. I want to become a world-class runner. And you don't actually need to put in there a time that like you're going to achieve, because if you do, that's what you're working towards. It's that's just actually a limit for you. But if you make it open-ended, you're going to actually create habits to change your, who you are, totally change who you are versus um, just achieve this one, this one thing. So I was reading this, I picked up this magazine this morning mm -hmm. and it's the USC Trojan family magazine. Um, cause Sean goes there, right? So we get this magazine and there's an article called wake up and smell the habit. And it really took me, took my attention because I knew we were going to do this podcast today. And uh, one thing it said was that, is that we're reluctant to acknowledge our habits. We chalk our behaviors up to mood and intentions. So I thought that was really interesting. Like we don't really look at the fact that habits are helping us create, you know, who we are, mm -hmm. we just might say, oh, you know, I was in, a, I was in a poor mood or, oh, you know, so I couldn't do it. But tr what the, the research shows that actually we just haven't created the right habits. Mm -hmm. um, we actually have, ha we do have habits, but they're, but they're bad habits or they're, they're um, unwanted. We can also create uh, desirable habits, desirable behaviors by creating different habits. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Makes total sense too i think for the longest time one of like a goal i had a little while ago like this year i wanted to start getting up and out of bed by like eight o'clock and but like it was so hard and i kept waking up at like 10 10 30 and i'd always say oh i had like a late night oh i was up late studying or i'm not feeling very well i'm kind of sick right now and and I realized like actually pretty quickly, like, no, I just have a really strong, bad habit of getting up at like 10 or 1030. And it's really hard to get out of it. In fact, I kind of just gave up. Now I get up at like 10 o'clock, 1030. And it's like, that's when my day starts. Um, and that's a small example. But um, yeah, I don't think people, re I mean, I don't definitely didn't realize like how powerful or how strong my bad habits were and they were totally like they were just yeah they were dictating how my day was gonna go right yeah and I um you know I, I've had the same and it's it's interesting because it's really just it's a thought to turn it around but it also it takes it takes you know changing changing the habit um 
Another point that I read in this article is that what stops us from making beneficial lifestyle changes, Americans usually say, is just their willpower, right? It's just it's just their willpower. But to change our behavior, we have to acknowledge that for much of our behavior is, is habitual. And we can keep repeating that same unwanted behavior, but we can also, again, create a more desirable one. So um, for me, I have gone for the past, gosh, I'd say 18 months, I joined this Pilates studio. When I first joined, they told me I had to sign up for each class um, before I got there. And I wasn't used to that. And I was really upset. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't, <laughs> because I might wake up and not want to go was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I don't know if I can, you know, I might not make it to the class. Like, well, if you don't make it, you get charged $10 and it's 15 if you just no show. And I was really upset by that. And I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work for me. You know, I'm used to like being able to change my mind the last minute. And after about, I don't know, a few months, I realized this was, this was just gold for me. Because the fact that I did not want to lose my $10, in addition to having paid my membership, was huge. I would get up and out of bed at 5 o'clock to make the 5 or 4.45 to make the 5.30 class. And I never missed. I mean, I never missed. I've made it like four to five times a week. I mean, there were times where I couldn't go, but it was very rare in 18 months. And in 18 months, I will honestly noticed that my, my, my body did change and my mindset changed. And I felt great getting up every morning and I saw a huge change. I will be honest. I think I felt better than I ever have in, you know, physically. And, and it's all because, and I, I joke that they had to threaten me. They had to threaten me with the $10, you know, you're going to get charged $10, but it worked. And I think, and what that was is creating this habit. So I was seeing it all together wrong. I was seeing it as, well, you're not going to let me be flexible. I don't like this, but there, but what it really did was make me create a habit of always going in the morning and, mm -hmm. and I, and I, and you can't, you had to cancel within 12 hours. Why well, I, I couldn't wake up and cancel. I, I have to pay 10, 10 to 15 bucks. And mm -hmm. I wasn't going to do that. So I would literally like do anything to get up and get to that class. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can see how the, how these things work. And um, yeah, so I thought that was, that's one, one thing I see how that, that has really worked, but you mentioned yesterday too, that, you know, I said, well, what do you think it is? And you said, you know, that, that you need to do then. And you said, I think it's the small steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, it was like how I got through one of the heaviest semesters of school in my life. Not, not this semester or this past one, but in the spring of 2022, um, I was taking a few, they were awesome classes, but I was taking a few upper division lit classes and um, I had a book assigned every week for like three or four different classes. So I was reading like three to four books at the same time every week. And if you looked at it, like if you looked on the syllabus, on the syllabus, like, oh, we're reading this book this week and another one next week. And I have another book that I'm reading for a different class that I have to get done at the same time. It just seems so overwhelming. But like what I would do is I would just chunk out like I would do 20 pages for this book and then I would do 20 pages for another book. So I was still reading a lot, 
but like just just like taking like doing little bits every day just made the workload like so much easier and that's how I was able to read every single gosh darn book on Mm -hmm. the syllabus list I didn't do that a whole lot this semester I got a little lazy um but yeah just something small like that like doing a little bit every day is way better is way better than trying to read like a book a day or three books in a whole weekend like it's just it's it's exhausting and it's not maintainable yeah no I think it's it's interesting because that is what that is what I think really makes the difference um I picked up the book I got you for Christmas today which was Atomic Habits by James Clear and this is a fabulous book by the way I can't wait for you to read it and I think I'm going to be stealing it from you because I'm fascinated I've already read a zillion pearls in this book but um he talks about focus on systems not goals so it's like you know if a company wants to make you know a a profit of a a million dollars this year they don't focus on that they focus on okay what marketing do we need the communications what's our system for like the how yeah well the systems break it down to smaller systems break it down right Mm -hmm. um and these are called these this book's yeah atomic habits again so uh, that was really really interesting um and 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 also in this book a, a lot of tips and tools and i've only just leaped through it but um he talks about you know if say going back to the runner if i want to be a world class runner you know um ask questions every day what would a world class runner do <laughs> so you open your refrigerator what would a world class runner eat Okay. Uh, what would a, you're tired. You don't want to work out. What would a world-class runner do? Mm-hmm. You get up, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, uh, it's time to go to bed, but you want to watch a movie until midnight. What would a world-class runner do? Go to bed. Right. So like he, so you're just constantly asking your, you set that, that not that, um, it's not a goal, but it's more of a, yeah, my goal is to be this, uh, more limitless person. And then what would that person do? And you're asking yourself that all year long, right? Or all, or all for years or whatever, how long you're training to be that, which I think is really interesting. Um, and it kind of leaves things to be more present too. And it gives you kind of a guiding principle to walk yourself through. So it's a very simple concept. Um, also, you were just mentioning that you were, you know, oh, reading the 20 pages. And another tip um, he has in here, I don't I forget what chapter it is, but um, it's like a visual thing where he had, there was a guy, um, a young guy who was um, just out of college and he was in in sales and he put a, two jars on his desk every day and had 120 paper clips and he wouldn't finish work until all the paper clips went from one jar to the other. And he got to put paper clip in there every time he made a sales call. And he had to make 120 sales calls every day. And he said by like, um, he, he said by he, the time he was like 25, he was making like 80,000 a year, you know, and then he, then he went up to, like, he, you know, his success just went, and I'm not sure about the 80,000, it was, it was something like that, but, you know, he was very young and, and, um, and he brought the company like 5 million in, in profits that year. And, and so I thought it was really interesting and just having that visual thing. So there's some different things we can do to show us that we're making these little, you know, daily, you know, little steps like your 20 pages. Yeah. yeah. I think a big part of like 
why people tend to give up on their resolutions or their goals is they don't see the progress. And realistically, like you're not like you just have to keep going. You have to just keep that goal in mind. For example, I just downloaded a book or a, a book, an app called Goodreads. And it it uh, has like every single book ever um, on the app. And you can like read a summary, what it's about, what people think of the book. You can rate it and you can track your progress on what books you're currently reading. And then every year, I think they do like a book challenge where people put like the number of books they want to read each year and um this is kind of small but they have like a little progress bar that shows you how many books you've read and you see like that bar gets like the progress keeps the bar keeps moving as you make progress mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i i hear you and i think it's it is important to see your progress um it reminds me i took uh, a training this past year to be a certified scrum master I became interested in that because I think it's a fascinating process and it's uh, how software developers work in teams. And the person that facilitates the team is the scrum master and the process is called scrum that's used. It's called agile framework. And uh, so if they need to create a piece of, you know, an app, for example, um, it's, that's a huge project. So it's broken down into two-week sprints that they're going to work in two weeks. And all the tasks that have to be done, there's so, so you can imagine how many tasks have to be done to have the code written, tested, everything. Um, those it, Everything goes into what's called a backlog. And then you pull items from the backlog and they plan a sprint of two weeks of what we're going to get, what they're going to get done, right? And then at the end, they review it and there's a process for this. And then they start the next sprint. And but they're pushing every sprint. They're pushing out a piece of it, a piece of it of the pro, of the product, right? Well, we've all seen technology, um, gosh, you know, burst and how how apps are constantly being updated and things are changing so fast. And as soon as you get one program you like, there's another one, or there's an there's an up with an upgrade, right, to your program to your app. So it's fascinating how that works, and it's a big part of our world. And I find that a lot of that can be used in our everyday life. So um, I use a process called Kanban, um, which is a visual board that I help organize my day. And you've helped me use it actually. Mm -hmm. And that's a way to see that things are getting done that you want to do. And you're setting your goals, right? Um, And that's a different kind of thing, but that's setting a, a board where you have like a backlog, a list of things that you prioritize and everyone's on a sticky and you move it across a board when you say, I'm gonna do it today. You put it in the next column if you're doing it. You can put it in the next column if it's blocked. And then the final column says it's done. So you're watching these items being moved across a board, even in your personal life. And I find it incredibly gratifying to see my stickies move across the board. You know, I don't know how I'm getting my things done. But not only that, I'm putting things on there that are like for myself. Like I need to say I need to do, I need to go to the gym today. That's really important to me. Or there could be one like I need to do my taxes. And then that might be huge. I have to break that down into five different things. And I break that down and put put those stickies on the board. So um, there's all kinds of things we can do to see our progress. But I think, again, what we're talking about are the tiny changes or the the tiny things that have to be done to create the bigger change, right? The daily things, the creating habits um, that's really going to make the difference. So 
I feel like it is a little hard for me to speak on this because as a college student, I've gotten very used to doing large assignments in short amount of time. Um, like especially this semester, I was I would crank out like six or seven page essays in like two days. And like it would have made more sense if I did like a page or two a day and did it over the span of a week. But I think it's when you it's get you get in that habit of like doing like these large things or these assignments, at least for college kids, in very short amount of time. And it's very destructive. So it's almost like I, I feel like a fraud talking on this subject because I'm not good at doing it myself. Um, yeah, I but still, nobody I'm, is. I'm still getting results, though. Yeah, but nobody is. Straight I mean, A's this semester. Yeah. And you have a lot of great habits, though, Caroline. Like you, So nobody is good at doing anything all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all striving to get a little bit better. Um, and, you know, as you as you say that, I think that's actually a perfect place for you. To, you've already recognized something that you want to work on, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's a good example of needing to create a system, right? You need to create a system for that. And you're, when you read this book, Atomic Habits, it's going to help you with that. You're going to choose. You might choose to use that as as something that you want to change, right? To spark, you know, to to create a system. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know. We don't see, obviously you wouldn't have all A's if you didn't have some darn good systems in your toolkit. Yeah, but I don't think it's the best system. It's a system, <laughs> all right. Yeah, but and that's why you have the opportunity to change it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you you could make a resolution saying, I'm going to get all my papers done. Da, da, da. I'm going to do what? I'm going to do uh, two pages a day and all my papers all year, all semester. But that would be... Yeah, because when I do it all in one go, it's stressful. I feel like I'm just rushing to get it done instead of actually producing quality work. Maybe it is quality, but like in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's quality. So that's something to think about. Like, like what is it you want it to be like? How do you want to be? Oh, I want to be the kind of person that gets their papers done gradually. Mm-hmm. You know, well, because I feel consistent. like if I'm more gradual or more consistent with my schoolwork, it'll just free up more time to do more things. Like, for example, like one thing I would do is I would, um, I it felt like it felt so limiting when I would have to do big assignments in short amounts of time because I couldn't do anything else with my day, and. So I, I, it felt like I had to let other things go to get these things done. And it was kind of disheartening to realize that I could have been doing a lot more with my time, but I was just like stressing out about doing it and putting it off. So whatever that statement is for you, I think that would be like, the. I'm just trying, like saying, let's use the principles that we're talking about, you know, and solve that problem. <laughs> and you say, okay, I want to be, um, my goal is to be gradual and consistent with all my schoolwork. I'm I'm putting those words. It might not be the words that you're going to use. But when you make that statement, or you might want to say, my goal is to be a con, you know, is to be a student that works consistently throughout the week on the bigger projects. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Create a simple statement. And then every day when you're working, you can say, what would that student be doing now? 
like, what would that student be doing now? You know, and, and so when you're watch, on your phone too much or you're watch, whatever you're doing, I don't know, um, what would that student choose to do now? Then you can go, oh, okay, I need to make a different choice. I need to get those two pages done today. So, I mean, just, I think you'll learn, we'll all learn a lot this year when we read more about, you know, these atomic habits and things like that and other things that are out there. But um, but I, I definitely believe that we're onto something and that just creating a resolution and not really knowing how to get there doesn't really help, right? So I mean, we, <laughs> we've seen a lot of that in our, in our professional and our personal lives. Um, I was just talking to, well, to Sean, and I was thinking about Sean. Sean is um, my son, Caroline's brother. And he honestly was on the smaller side most of his life. He's, he's an athlete. He was a swimmer. Very, very uh, lean kid, right? But, but I mean, I say lean and mean, like he's all muscle. All, all muscle. And um, he was pretty tiny. Yeah, but built like a wrestler, you know, all mm -hmm. muscle. But, you know, um, you know, not not a huge guy, right? Mm -mm. Well, he was in, I'd say, ninth grade, maybe 10th grade. And maybe, yeah, I think it was 10th grade, maybe in 11th grade. And he started going, he started to, he decided he wanted to lift weights. He joined a gym and he started lifting. And then when he got there, he started watching people and learning things. And they started lifting more and heavier. And he was also doing all these pull-ups in his room all the time. And he started to get pretty big. And then he started to take like protein powder and he was changing his diet. And for the first time I saw him drop sugar, like as the amounts of sugar were starting to drop and he was starting to eat better. And um, this went on for, gosh, a good year or two. And Sean got really big, big meaning like muscular. He looked like a different guy. He was one of the bigger guys on the swim team. Everyone was asking him if they could work out with him. Mm -hmm. um, seriously, like, you know, really built. I have pictures of him on Facebook when he was at this workout gym. And he honestly looked like he was a competitor. He's from, huge. Yeah, he, yeah. Like muscular, huge, like super fit. And it was, it was in, I was, I remember thinking like, what happened to him, you know? Um, and he kept going with that. And one thing led to the next, you know, he was, a, he was trying to get a, a college scholarship and he ended up walking up to these Marines at lunchtime and they challenged him to pull-ups and he said that he could do 26 and he got on the bar and he did 26 and they were shocked. They'd never seen anybody do 26 pull-ups, but he was so strong and so big and ended up, you know, that little incident, that meeting with them, they rushed him to their office. They said, we want you to get in the early decision for this, for the NROTC scholarship. He interviewed, he got it early and he ended up long story short, going to USC. Now that is actually, he still claims to fame. The pull-ups is how he got into USC because he didn't feel he would have gotten in there otherwise, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we'll never know. But, um, I asked him this morning, Sean, what was your thought? What was your original thought when you started, when you went to the gym? Because I said, you know, you were on the smaller side and you started to work out and one thing led to the next. And then you really, you know, all this happened to you. I said, what was your original thought? And you know what he said? Hmm. Oh, he said, um, I want to be bigger. Mm -hmm. That was his goal to be bigger, just to be bigger. And that is exactly the thing. I want to be bigger. 
right? Not to be, I want to weigh this amount. I want to, you know, have this amount of muscle. I just want to be bigger. I want to be big. Mm-hmm. And he probably, he just kept asking himself probably what would somebody like that do? Right. And he would, he'd ask people all the time, what would you do? What do you do? What do you do? And he just kept making these little changes. And I bring that up because he went from being, you know, a very in shape, but on the smaller side to a, you know, really like almost like a weightlifting competitor size guy to now being at USC and being, he's the top in his battalion for physical fitness. And he's the, uh, He's a physical fitness chief officer, right? At USC. And so um, it's not I'm bragging about Sean. I just think I watched him, we watched him do it. Mm-hmm. Right. We watched him get into a, you know, a school. And all this was based on just a thought, you know, a, a big goal. So um, so we can take that as a, like a an example, you know, of of setting, you know, not a specific goal, but maybe having um a bigger envisioning, just more envisioning what you want and then focusing on the systems to get there and then building those habits. So that's kind of what we had out there. I will say that uh, Carol and I both have had COVID for the past week. So I'll be honest, this hasn't been the easiest podcast for us. No. In fact, we were struggling just to come up with something to talk about. Well, I think it's been hard for me to even hold a thought during this podcast. Oh, me too. <laughs> I have to keep remember, remembering what you're saying or what I'm saying. I think that's part of the COVID thing, but um, we sure hope everyone out there is healthy for this happy 2023 new year. And we hope that um, some of these tips we've talked about will help you make some, um, will make the changes that you want to be the person and have the life that you want to have not just this year, but every year and for years to come. When we create habits, you know, in order to make changes, we have to create habits. So we hope you guys make some changes and we make it part of your life. 